Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Today's kind of a special day. A group of us went to Zambia to do some missions work, to join with our partners at Breath of Heaven Children's Ministry there. And the plan is that we're going to share stories. There, Six of us went, and one of us is home ill. That's my wife. Sorry, honey. I hope you're watching right now. I love you. Sorry you're not feeling well. She's got Her tummy's not feeling well. So pray for her tummy. And she needs to stay at home because of that. In any case, whenever we go on a, a ministry trip, as often as possible, we like to have the, the crew come back and report to you. So we're going to do that with um, several of us except for not Kim. And I will tell you that I didn't introduce myself. I'm sorry, I'm Ron. And I, thank you. I, I'm, I know some of you are new here today and you might be joining us online new. Um, anyway, you are a wonderful community that has caught the heart of the Lord for the world. And for those of you that might be new here, every Sunday as part of our rhythm, we pray for another nation of the world, we pray for a missionary, we do something that gets our mind beyond just Oceanside, just beyond California, because we feel that God has called us to do that. And you guys have done a marvelous job of partnering with us to send and receive and love and bless those that are called to go all over the world doing the works of Jesus. And as much as possible, we like for us to go. When we go on these short-term trips, a lot can happen, a lot of good. It's kind of concentrated ministry, and that's what happened this time. So we're going to have each of the people just share you know, a few minutes, a story or something about their experience. But you might not know what Breath of Heaven is. Um, and we could spend hours describing the story of this amazing ministry. But they recently had a fundraiser, um, a banquet with golf tournament to raise some money. And there was a video presented there. I went and grabbed that. And I thought, it's just a few minutes. I'll show you that. They'll, this will give you a feel of this ministry that we're connected to in uh, the nation of Zambia, which is in, it's in, it's in the southern part of Africa, kind of in the center. It's landlocked. Um, I think it's about a four-hour flight directly north from South Africa, if you're trying to get a feel. But if you guys, could you, could you show that first Breath of Heaven video, the one that does have sound, all the other...
that gives you a, just a flavor of, of where we just were. Uh, pretty amazing, huh? That started with a vision from the Lord. Nothing more than a vision and a word that, said, that told our, our friend Ted and his wife Judy that the Lord had a new plan, new, new trajectory for their life to care for orphans in Africa. And as a result of a simple saying yes to the Lord's leading, the pieces begin to come together. And it is, it's, it's a mind-boggling ministry to be there. It's just mind-boggling. And one of the things that's very important for the children there, it's a key component, is when people that are sponsors that help provide the funds and have relationships that are building with them come and visit. Um, they, they love it. Um, they, they told us, because of COVID, not many, what, no teams have come for two or three years now. We were the second team to come. Another team was just leaving the day that we were arriving. And one of the people at the village said, it feels like the village is alive again. So it's really important when you send people like us that you sent there. And other teams will be coming. Um, I would just want to say thank you for all of you that um, gave money. We were able to bring about $2,000 worth of gifts to Breath of Heaven. We brought soccer balls, volleyballs, basketballs, kickballs. We bought games. We brought PA equipment. We brought tons of candy. We brought 1,000 water balloons. We had a big water balloon fight with the children. It was lots of fun. Um, you also, um, it'll come out as we're talking, but in Lusaka is a vineyard church plant. And some of you also gave money, $1,000, that we were able to take with us to bring um, resources for an outreach that we did there. And we were able to partner with the kids from Breath of Heaven to do some evangelism and praying for people in conjunction with the Vineyard Church in Lusaka and give away lots of food. And that was all because of your gifts. So thank you. You impacted, you impacted a lot of people. Um, James... 127 is a really key theme verse for life. If you'd like to know what God likes, you might want to read his book. Did you know he has a book out? It's a bestseller. And in his book, it says this phrase, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God and the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. How about that for a short mission statement? Do you want to please God? Care for the fatherless and widows. Pretty simple. It, and it's a question I'll probably ask a few times as this morning goes, but if this is what it means to have a pure kind of religion that God likes, what are you doing to care for orphans and widows? It's a good question to ask yourself. What are you doing to care for orphans and widows if this is what God wants us to do? So what we're going to do is we're just going to invite the, um, the team members to come up and, oh, did I, I lost the mic that you had, Steve. Could I, oh, and which one do you have? Because one was good and one was not so good. That's the good one. Okay. So, um, and while they are talking, we're going to have, you know, a picture paints a thousand words, so we just... You know, we had our cameras and our phones. We were taking pictures. So there'll be some pictures and maybe even little video clips kind of just playing on the screens. They're not at all connected with what the people are saying. Other than um, I, I put it together like last night, and I tried to take 
pictures that were kind of related to the person that's talking and what they did. So you might see some kind of intersection. And they don't know what order they're coming in, so I'm going to just surprise them. Lisa Steenberg, are you in the house? You're first. Come on up here. So this is Lisa Steenberg. I'll take that mic, Michelle, make sure it's working. And I'll just say for everybody that's going to talk and that um, ever uses this mic, it has this little bumpy thing at the bottom. That's an antenna. People sometimes go like this, and that defeats the antenna. So those of you that are talking, hold it up here or it won't work. Is this? Yeah, here we go. So this is Lisa. She is a nursing student. She is a bright light. She is fun. She's full of laughter. You need to stand right in this area. See how She's complaining that we're hiding her. Now we can see all of you. But if you stand here, that okay. camera right there will pick you up. Um, so just, Dee Dee's watching. Hi, Dee Dee. So <laughs> take, a, I don't know, three, five minutes. Just tell a story or something about your experience. Yeah. OK. So um, I knew a little while ago that the Lord was calling me to do missions work. So that was roughly 14, 15 years ago. And I didn't know how that was going to happen. I ended up going through a divorce. I just now started putting myself through nursing school and realized that it's through nursing that God is going to take me to do, do missionary work. Um, that was solidified on this trip. I got to partner with Tracy, who will come up soon, and work with her in Hope Clinic. Um, and it's kind of full circle for me because my very first mission trip was to Zambia. So. Um, we got to see patients, we got to go out into the bush and into the villages and um, meet basic medical needs, which is what I really felt like the Lord put on my heart to do with nursing. Um, so one, that was solidified for me. Okay, so I, I know I'm good, I know I'm walking where I'm supposed to be. Because nursing school is expensive, so that's good. <laughs> um, and then there were some very personal things that happened for me on this trip. Being in nursing school, being a mom, working while I'm in nursing school, my life is very busy and very, very hectic. So um, I, I don't have time to slow down a lot for things. And in Zambia, if you've been and you know that you're on Zambia time, okay, there is no time, really. You don't go really go by a clock. Um, and God orchestrated this trip for me specifically with two women that really were able to minister to my heart and, um, and allowed me to slow down and have like a solid three to four hour counseling session with Ron and Kim, which is really hard to do sometimes too. So, um, and really, I'm not ready to share all of that yet because I'm still working through it, but what I feel like I'm supposed to share is that you're never too old to have a lie replaced with the truth of Come God's on. word. Amen. So, no long, it doesn't matter how long you've bought into that lie or how deeply rooted that lie is, God's truth can always destroy all of that in an instant even. It was, it was pretty wild. So when I work through all of the things that Ron told me I need to work through, <laughs> um, if the Lord wants me to share it, then I will. But I am truly blessed by these boys, these boys that sat at the table with us and played cards with us every night, getting to know their hearts, getting to know who they are as people. It's not just a video that you watch. It's not just a picture that you see. It's not just money that you send, which are all very good things to help you connect with them, the boys and the girls and all of the kids in the village. But when you get to sit and you get to hear their heart and you get to learn their stories, you feel it. You don't just know it, you feel it. And it's a very different experience. So 
I encourage everybody to go because it's, it, there's no words. So that's all. Hey, I'm done. Thanks. Oh, that's one of the nurses we got to work with. That's Sarah. She's amazing. God has given her a gift of boldness that is like no other. She will tell you exactly what she feels and what God has put on her heart. So it's pretty amazing to work with her. I know you, you want to watch that now and see what, I I, don't want to go sit what, what did Ron put together for you. <laughs> yeah. So Lisa worked uh, a lot in the medical clinic with Tracy, and Tracy will tell you uh, about it. But it. It's just an amazing story there. Hey, Bryce Ost, are you in the house? Bryce gets like special kudos because Bryce is 17 and the rest of us were all over 40. How many 17-year-olds do you know? <laughs> but, but because of that, Lisa decided to become a 25-year-old for the trip, and she did a great job. <laughs> but but Bryce, Bryce was a great strength to me, personally. This is my son, if you can't figure that out. And he's now bigger, stronger, taller, faster, better than the old man. Um, tremendous uh, help in many ways. But I'll just let him share what he wants to share. Remember, yeah. hold it there. You got it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so I'm 17. My name's Bryce. I know most of you. You guys are probably have told me at some point, I remember when you were this big or something. But uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to see all you guys. I've grown since. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I'll just share, I guess, what I did most of the days, and I have a really awesome story that I, got, I get to share. Um, basically, every day, I was one of the guys that was like, I don't want to be doing specific things every day and doing these. I just want to hang out with kids. So that's pretty much what I did. The kids there are in school right now, they have a different schedule than us. So while they were in school, I was hanging out with the older boys who are like in their transition year, which is a year between high school and college. They take a year off. I was just hanging out with them, getting to know them. Really awesome people. Some of my best friends now, I would like to say. That's one of them's watching right now. I love them to death. I would do anything for them. They're really awesome guys. Um, so that's one thing I did while I was there, I just hung out with them. And then after school, I would go and play basketball and play cards all day long. That was pretty much my day. It's really awesome. I got to hang out, got to meet a lot of really awesome people. But I'm really happy with that experience. Um, there was one thing that was really, like, really was impactful for me personally. And I hope it is for you guys too. Um, we went to Bridgepoint Vineyard, as my dad mentioned. It was... Uh, and a, what we're reading there. We were going to do a ministry day where we gave things out to the community and we would have a worship service and a little message. People gave their testimony and we prayed with people. A lot of people came to know Christ that day. It was very exciting. It was awesome to see a bunch of like uh, older people, never heard the word of God, come and follow him blindly. It was beautiful. Um, so what we were t told to do with a couple of the kids from the village, some of the older kids, was to partner up, because language barrier is a problem, but uh, to pray with these people, um, whether they wanted to be led to Jesus or anything that they needed prayer for. So me and this one girl, Hope, you might have seen a picture with me and her. We're praying for people all around, uh, bringing Jesus into their lives, but... The one that really was the most impactful for me was this older lady. Um, we asked her what she needed prayer for, and she's like, 
and language barrier, she really was re talking quiet in the not English, it was Nyancha, that's the language they speak there. And she said she had a parasite or something in her stomach and you could touch her stomach and feel it moving around. It felt like a baby was kicking or something. It was really freaky. It was a massive parasite, must have been there for a while. So me and Hope were just, okay, we'll pray for you. And when we prayed for her, she just started crying. And it was really, I was just like, oh my goodness, some, God's come on to her. This is really impactful. Woo. And as, as we finished up, we asked her, do you feel anything anymore? She's like, it's gone. And we touched her wow. stomach. The parasite was completely gone. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is I was super nervous to come and pray for a bunch of people. I'm a kid going to pray for, how old was this lady, like 60 or 70? Like, I'm just a kid. Like, what? God's not going to use me, but he oh, used yeah. me and this other 17-year-old girl to heal this woman that with a parasite that could have probably killed her. So I just wanted to like, share that and say, God can use you. Yeah. That was cool. I'm kind of proud of that guy. I don't know. He's pretty good talking, isn't he? Like, do you want him to come and preach? Yeah. Bryce. You know, mercy, have mercy, because it's super hard to be a preacher's kid. Can you imagine living in a fishbowl like that? So thank you, Bryce. You're awesome. Wow. Michelle Urkel. So, you know, some of us have been there before, and I got to tell you, for, for you, you're watching that video that was kind of like an infomercial, maybe. But for those of us that know these people, I was getting just choked up thinking about my love for them and my experience with them. Some of them, meeting them when they were little, and now they're like Morris. My gosh, I was just, I, help me, Lord, not to cry with Morris. With all of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Michelle's one that was there early on, yeah. and don't hold the bottom of that. There you okay. go. Okay. Um, oh, my Charles. So I if we had more Charles time, yesterday. we were, we were going to have pictures of before and after, because her phone is full of the oh, I have, little. Oh, yeah. I had anyway. little kids, little pictures, and I got to share them. And, you know, as I promised before I left, I was going to play with the kids. That was going to be my job. And from the minute I woke up in the morning until the minute I went to sleep at night, I was playing with somebody. And, ah, uh, she stole my heart. I'm now sponsoring her. If anybody would like to join me, you can come join me along and sponsor her. She's most, the most, I prayed from the day I left, okay, Lord, show me who I'm supposed to love and show me what I'm supposed to do. And she's it. The, the, I think the next to last day that we were leaving is when the Lord put, oh, God, that was Dee Dee. Dee Dee, look, we were singing. You're watching, Dee Dee. I love you. We got to worship together, Dee Dee and I. That was such a precious moment. The night before, he said to me, would you like to worship with me tomorrow? I said, absolutely. And he came with a guitar, and we, we sat and sang. And so when we got to the village, it was so overwhelming for me because it was so grown. I think that we might have been the third team initially that went when it was first built. I think we were like the third team that went, right, Steve? And 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 I was standing in line because when you get there, there's a dance. It's on my Facebook page. They danced us in. They welcomed us with a dance. And all the kids were back there. And they come and greet you one at a time. And I said to Lisa, I can't wait to see Kisu. 
Kisu was four years old. I can't wait to see Kisu. And the very next kid that walked up to me said, hi, my name is Kisu. And I Ooh. think I, 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 I scared the bejeebas out of him because he, I was like, oh, my God. I jumped on him. I gave him a big old hug. And I was like, you don't remember me, do you? He goes, <laughs> I, I really scared him. It was so cute. And, you know, and that's what it was like for me with each one of the kids. I got... You know, I got to see Mika and Oz. And hi, Oz. Oz is watching, too. And I got to see Charles and Elizabeth. And they were all small children when we got there. And, and you, the impact that Breath of Heaven Ministries has on these kids, they all have lives now. They all have goals. They're, Charles and Morris and, and um, Nora. Nora came to see me, and she came walking up with the girls, one of the girls that live in the village now, and I'm looking at her, and she looks familiar to me, but I don't really know who she is, and she's smirking because she knows who I am. And I didn't know who she was, and she walked up, and she just gave me this big old smile on, my fa on her face, and then I realized who she was. And she, they just come and love on you, and memory came and came to see us. And that's James, and James came, and he's, he's going to school to be an architect, and Charles is going to school to be an attorney. I can't tell you the impact that these kids have on you. And, and what I did the whole time that I was there was part, Kim and I partnered, and we went out every day, and we decorated backpacks. We brought backpacks, and we helped the kids decorate all their backpacks. And that was our first project, and we got that all done. And then we went out and we wrote letters to the sponsors. So you may be getting uh, some letters from the children if you sponsored them, and there's no greater gift than that. And to watch these kids, to watch, there's Nora, to watch these kids, um, write letters and their hearts of gratitude you guys really changes you it really changes you You come back and you feel mm, a little like I, i'm a brat i'm a brat and 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 it makes you really um consider your walk with the lord because these kids oh, that's blessing and i can't remember what's the other girl's name <laughs> that's with me blessing and and i can't remember her name and then when we went out to the, uh, we went out to the Bridgeport Vineyard, um, it was weird because every woman that I prayed for came up to me and, um, and asked me to pray for their marriage. So I got to pray for marriages that day. And I was, it was such a, it was so beautiful. It was just so, every single woman that asked me to pray for them at that Bridgeport Vineyard, it was about their marriage that needed prayer and their husbands. I needed to pray for their husband, and I can, I'm continuing to pray for those women and their husbands. And, and, uh, and I, got to, I got to celebrate my 64th birthday in Africa. Happy birthday. With, with Mac's birthday was August 1st, so we went out to lunch together, and, oh, I was probably showing them pictures of when they were kids in this, in this video. Because they were, they were so excited to see who, what they looked like when they were little. And Mika, Mika was like, don't show anybody that picture. I was like, oh, no, I'm showing everybody. Anyway, it was such a joy to be there. And, you know, I, I, I intend on going back. I don't intend on waiting as long as I did to go back. Um, this time I'm going back sooner. And I'm, and I'm you know, again, believe me, there's, there's a table outside pray about it. There's nothing better than sponsoring one of these kids. I, I sponsor another girl, Abigail, who is now off at school. So they do amazing work for these children in Africa and, and to partner with them is a gift and an honor. So, Thank you, Michelle. I like your, um, your shirt there. It's actually my husband's shirt. Oh. <laughs> it looks kind of like mine. Yeah. I didn't want to wear my dress. Though. This, is our, this is my Zambia shirt. 
So one of the things that um, Michelle did that you saw a picture of as it was going by, we, this thing we did at this um, Bridgepoint Vineyard was outside and it was for the community. They invited me to um, preach a gospel message and I invited team members to come and share testimony. And Michelle got up and shared her testimony. It, I, I would love to show you the video of trying to translate her saying, I was a hopeless dope fiend. And now I'm a dopeless hope fiend. <laughs> Which vernacular doesn't translate that well. And the, the interpreter was our, was our uh, young man that we keep mentioning, Mika, and he just was frozen. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll post that. But anyway, um, we took 100 backpacks for the kids. And as Michelle said, she and Kim especially helped those kids make them their own. And they'll be you know, using them all year. They got a lot of love. Um, thanks to Michelle being able to share her testimony, as it was part of what happened that resulted in a bunch of people giving their life to Jesus in that, out, that um, outdoor evangelism thing we did. And then you saw her praying over people. The power, power of God was present. It was, it was remarkable. Thanks for sending us, you guys. Um, the next person, oh, Tracy, Tracy Blagg. Dr. Tracy. Um, I wasn't able to get this little video clip that we had of, of her when she saw the clinic for the first time. I'll try to get that for those of you that watch on Facebook. But her face was, was in awe because she saw the vision of this clinic like 18 years ago. And it's now reality. It's pretty amazing. Here you go. Remember, up here. This is Tracy Blagg or Tracy Dyer, depending on which name you're going to use. Yeah. Either one is good. <laughs> um, so for those that don't know me, my name is Tracy. I um, am a PA. Um, and before I even went to medical school, the Lord um, gave me a vision of me standing in a clinic in Africa. And that vision has come. Wow. And it is operational. And there is John. He's an amazing PA also. The Lord has set in place um, some great, great people to man the fort, um, so to speak. Joseph is the administrator. John is the PA. And there are um, nurses, a midwife, a pharmacist. There's just a great team over there. Um, and the goal now is to expand because at first I thought when I drove up, like, oh, my gosh, it's here, it's done, my job is finished. But the Lord quickly told me no. <laughs> um, so we're going to um, pray about expanding and um, having an OB clinic so babies can be born there and just whatever the Lord does. But we're going to expand there. He also... Um, gave me a vision of more Hope Clinics, three more to be exact. So I'm looking forward to seeing that hopefully in the next uh, five to ten years. But for me, going, um, this is my eighth trip, and I have to say it was my favorite and best trip of all, um, except for my family wasn't there with me, but um, pulling up and seeing the clinic was so great seeing all the kids and it's been a while because of COVID since um, I've got to be there and so many had grown some had gone um, off to college some came to visit us like we were the other team members were sharing we got to see them um, 
but one of the besides being a part of the clinic and serving with Lisa, we had um, an amazing time serving with the clinic and, and doing that um, field work and whatnot. It was the time spent with the kids was the best. We had so much fun. We laughed so hard. We were crying almost every night. Um, but building relationships with them and ministering with them was my favorite part of the trip. And if you ever have a chance to go, please go. But if not, please keep these guys in prayer. They really need it, especially the transition kids, because their whole life is changing. And just like an American child, you know, you send them off to college and everything is different. Well, for them, their home is no longer really their home because they're off to college and to be adults now and, and do all the adult stuff. So keep them in prayer. Um, the other really amazing thing that happened while we were there is the outreach to Bridgepoint um, Vineyard. On the way there, we're worshiping. The whole bus is full. And I thought, how amazing that God designed this. There were six people on our team, and six young people from the village came with us. And they paired with us side by side. And it was, the ministry was so anointed and so ordained by God. He prepared us in advance. And to be used by him was the greatest blessing as we were traveling, um, we were talking and praying about, you know, salvation and healing. And the Lord really put upon my heart that there was going to be someone or some other people that needed deliverance. And we got there and we all got seated and we kind of tried to scatter out. And the Lord pointed and told me to this person is the one you're going to pray for. And it wasn't the only person I prayed for, but I prayed for him first. And he was one of the, I think there was 13 people that stood up to receive Christ out of like 40. So it was, it was really great. And a lot of them were men. So this one man, he's wearing a pink shirt, and I walked up to him, and he smelled very strongly of alcohol. And I thought, oh, God, this is the one. <laughs> so I prayed over him, and... Um, Oswald was praying with me, and we just had such a wonderful, sweet time praying for this man. And I really knew that he received Christ, he was saved, and I also knew that God delivered him right there. Amen. So it, was, it was a great experience to um, just to be used by the Lord and, and get that opportunity and have that honor and privilege. And it's amazing to see all the work and all the great things that God, God has done. Amen. Thanks, Tracy. You guys did great. It is hard to talk briefly, and you guys killed it, so thank you. This was, this was a really amazing team, too. So, you know, you can imagine if you travel with people to do something in a foreign place, where you may or may not have running water in your shower tonight, um, but the food's different. Some people would be whiners and make it difficult, or doing things that they might not want to do. You know, there's tasks to be done. To a person, everyone on this team showed up on mission to serve and love and cooperate, and it was, there was not one difficult moment with this team. It, I mean, that's remarkable. You're all living in the same house together for a couple weeks, so. Uh, thank you to them. I, when I sent you an email um, yesterday, if you got my email, 
I said that I would be talking about real impact. And I took our, our logo, our motto for our church. We usually say, you know, real God, real people restoring lives. And I just, I tweaked it for a title for this morning's time together. Real God, real people, real impact. And I, I want to tie our time together with just a little, some thoughts about that. Lord, would you speak to us? You've been speaking to us just in the experience of worship and sharing stories. Our hearts are moved. We want to learn from your word. We want to have a transformational moment, and we ask that you come and speak to us right now. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Real impact. My... My thought is quite simple. Jesus made things really simple when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he did like only Jesus could do. He boiled down the entirety of the teachings for the Jewish people to two phrases. Probably you know what they are, but I'll remind you. He was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, well, the first is this one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he said, oh, and the second one was like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you'll take care of these two, everything else will be taken care of. Everything in the teachings of the Jewish people in the, in the Hebrew Bible, everything is fulfilled if you just those two things. And I want to suggest to you that if you would like to have a life that makes impact, you only need to do those two things. If you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, you will pursue him, you will seek him, you will do everything you can to know him and to follow him because he's worth, when you meet him, you'll discover he's worth everything you got. He's worth your every breath, he's worth your last dollar, he's worth your first dollar. He's worth your marriage. He's worth your schooling. He's worth when you get up and when you go to bed. He's worth everything. And what you find is that if you love him and give to him what you think you own, you realize that you didn't own it to start with, but he gives you more. You never, ever, ever come away with less by giving something to God. You always end up with more. It's the key to living. And if you love God, you will seek him, and he will speak to you and lead your life. And if you love him, you will obey what he says. And if you love others who love him, you will grow into relationship, and God will move the pieces of your life and their lives in such a way that you will make connections that God has ordained in a way that's beyond our ability to even comprehend into situations where you will be making impact in this world that is immeasurable. And you were created to be about purpose. No one wants to be meaningless. The worst thing that a human can experience is the sense of being meaningless. If you would like to have purpose in your life that impacts this world in a way that expands the work of God's kingdom and is a real substantial blessing to the people of this planet, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love others as yourself. And you will find yourself moved into impactful work. 
impactful living. We just tasted of that, our team, and you may have picked up some of that just in our talking. Every one of our experiences there were impactful. And um, I want to invite you into our experience by way of caring for the fatherless and the widows, the first verse I said to you. Pure religion that God our Father says is genuine and is pleasing to him is to take care of orphans and widows. Where in your life are you doing something for orphans and widows? If you want to make a real impact, if you want to have meaning in life, I would recommend somewhere in your life, make sure that you're doing something for orphans and widows. And I, I could try to motivate you to go to the table they have back there and become a sponsor by, I, I could use guilt, that would get some of you, because some of you are really good responding to guilt. And you're like, yeah, you're right, I'm bad. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I could, I could appeal to your compassion because you're compassionate people. But I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to appeal to your sense of destiny. And what I'm going to try to say right now, I'm just shooting off the cuff, just overflow of my heart. So this is more like you and I having a cup of coffee together and me just sharing what's on my mind. But the way the world works is the best designed for a world that any creator could ever make. And that's an astounding statement. Because in our world, there's a lot of pain and suffering. And many people ask the question, if there's a good God who's also all-powerful, why is there pain and suffering? Why are there millions of orphans in Zambia, for example? It's a question that needs to be asked. But it's my, I don't want to take a difficult question and give you a simple answer. So, Forgive me if this sounds like I'm doing that, but here's my best take on how the world works. And it's really thoughts that came, I have to give credit to a guy named Tim Keller in New York City for, for writing about these ideas. But listen, folks, if I look at the world and say, well, if, if there's a good God who's also powerful, there shouldn't be bad things happening, behind that thought is this rather arrogant idea. If I were God, I'd do a better job. I don't think that God designed it well. If put, give me all power, and I would do it differently. And I want you to understand something. This, this could change your life if, this, if that's missing in your, in your heart and mind. This world is created in the best possible way. For there to be flourishing life on this planet, God has established the supreme ethic of love. Love requires freedom. And freedom has the dangerous component that if a God who creates people in his image and gives them free will so that they can love and flourish and create beauty everywhere, there's a possibility they might use their free will to rebel against him. And all the pain in this world, including the orphans and the widows, is a direct or indirect result of the work of Satan and people who have fallen prey to his deceptions to enter into sinful rebellion against God. It's that simple. 
But God is not one who doesn't enter into our situation. God had a solution to the problem of giving us free will and our choice that could mess things up before it ever began, and that was this. He would not stay aloof like the God of theism or deism. He would enter into our struggle and bring redemption wherever there's loss. God always redeems. And the question about why are there orphans, why are there widows, why are there hungry, why are there naked, doesn't get pointed at God, but gets pointed at us, to whom he's given the authority and the power and the resource to bring his redemptive work to every one of those people. So before you start judging God, look in a mirror. God has given us what's necessary as a people to partner with him to redeem every single thing that's lost. And a day is coming when Jesus will return to this earth and all sin and sorrow and mourning will be turned away. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more orphans, no more widows, no more poverty. The old order of things will have passed. The new order will come. But he's given a time, a long time, for people to repent and turn to him, that they could enter into that life now and stay in it when he returns. That's the kind of big theological thinking. But I want to say that to tell you this. I accidentally entered into some destiny, and I lived it in this trip. And that's what I want to encourage you with, if you can stick with me, about... Twelve years ago or so, I didn't know what Zambia was, and I didn't know that there was a little boy there who first lost his older brother to death, then lost his father, and then on the day of his father's funeral, lost his home, and then later lost his mother. I didn't know that God had a destiny for him, and that God had a destiny for me, and Tracy in this case and that he was going to weave our circumstances together to bring us into a relationship that would redeem what was lost. See, that little boy is called to be a pastor and called to preach. I didn't know that. I didn't know it existed. He didn't know that. He was illiterate. He didn't speak English. But God, in a way that's beyond our ability to understand, is moving the pieces of this planet to accomplish his will. Ephesians 1.11 says that we have been chosen by God according to the plan of him who predestines things so that they work out according to the purpose of his will that we would be for the praise of his glory. So I, I can't count the thousands of moments that were necessary to bring the two of us together, but part of it included God calling a man to speak at an event called Promise Keepers that he called Ted to go to for the guy to speak something into Ted Lawler's heart to say you're supposed to care for orphans that took his heart and took him to that place and that I would know Ted and Ted would invite me one day to go to some kind of a banquet thing where I'd see a picture of a kid that needed to have a sponsor and I prayed and said I should sponsor someone. I don't even know what that means. And then I said what I give, 25 bucks a month. And that happened. And the next thing I know we're writing letters and the next thing I know... We're preaching together. So if, if you saw the picture, oh, they're not showing pictures anymore. You, you have one for me, too. I had some slides. <laughs> uh, you'll see that kid in kind of a, a blue shirt. His name is Mika. We mentioned him. 
I didn't know that I'd meet a family named the Blags on, in an airport a few years ago. I didn't know Tracy and Frank, but we ran into them in the airport because we were both going to Breath of Heaven, and lo and behold, we're both sponsors of this kid, who now we've been writing letters to, who I met when he was a little boy, and we fell in love with each other. And it went from sending a check to having a heart relationship, because that's what the sponsorship system can do if you love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You following me? That's what I did. Love God, love my neighbor. Well, not perfectly. The result was that from some money and some love and some care, I am now in an, a surprisingly rich, almost father-son relationship with a guy that I never heard of. I'm, he, I mean, he's not my adopted son. That's not the way. It, we don't adopt when you sponsor. But you can enter into some pretty substantial Relationship. He calls me Papa. I call him Son. Tracy calls him Son. And he's called to be a pastor. And it turns out we ended up doing this event at the vineyard outside. We needed an interpreter. And that guy you see in the pictures there next to me, I'm preaching the gospel. And he's standing next to me preaching the gospel in the local language. And people are meeting the Lord. And that was predestined. I think God saw that moment 12 years ago when I saw that little boy's picture on a table like the table out there and said, I think we'll sponsor that one. You see how that works? You just <laughs> follow the breadcrumbs like in Hansel and Gretel <laughs> because God's laying out the breadcrumbs. Love God, seek him, follow what he leads you to do, obey him, love people, Work together with people that you love. And next thing you know, you might find yourself in a foreign nation preaching the gospel with someone who's now like a son to you, interpreting for you. That's destiny. And it's phenomenally joyful. By the way, the money that I spend to support a child in Africa, I didn't create that money. God is so good that he said, I got this plan. It's going to involve money for a kid here and a guy here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this guy and say, here's some money I want you to spend on there. So I don't even come up with the money. You understand that? I'm not losing anything. I get way more money by giving away money. That's how it works in the kingdom. Because it's not my money. It's God's money. He gives it to me and says, spend a lot of it on yourself and have a good time and spend some of it on this other stuff too. I mean, that's how money works, right? If, by the way, if you thought that the money you have you earned so that you could spend it on yourself, you are sadly mistaken and you will never have joy with your money. When you figure out that the money that you have, God gave to you with a purpose for it to bless others and you, and that you should check in with him before you go into debt on something that you think you'd like today, if you do that, you'll have more than enough for all of your life and you'll have joy with money. Money's great if it doesn't become your master. That's a side thing. But for people who think, gee, I'd like to maybe help someone out with feeding the poor or sponsoring an orphan, but I've got bills to pay. If I see you saying that while you're coming out of your Starbucks with your Frappuccino, we should have words. <laughs> because that's all it costs. 
You have, if you have money, it came from God for you to give to others. I hope you know that. And for you to have plenty for yourself. It's God that gives you the power to make money. So anyway, that's a, that's a pitch, by the way, to ask you to consider going to a table that Breath of Heaven has set up out in the lobby because one of the things that we need to do is take care of orphans by sponsoring them. Right now, for one of the kids to live at Breath of Heaven with inflation the way it's been, currently, if I'm not mistaken, it costs about $250 a month for housing, for food, for clothing, for school costs, for all of their costs. So, so uh, like in our case, we have a couple people that are sponsoring one kid. Some people, multiple, multiple people work together to be a sponsor, and, and we'd love to have more sponsors for that. But my main thing for you today that I hope you picked up from our stories, must being sent by you to go to another country and help the fatherless and widows, is that if you will love God and love your neighbor as yourself and follow where that love leads you, you will be people of impact right here and around the world. And you are part of God's destiny to bring blessing and redemption to this planet. He's not aloof. He's involved in the hurts and troubles of people, but not independently. He redeems me so that I can join him in redeeming others. He redeems you from your trouble so that you too can join him to comfort others with the comfort that you've received from God. I just quoted you 2 Corinthians 1, 5, by the way. God comforts you so that you will be a comfort to others. God gives you redemption so you will partner with him to bring redemption to others. It's the glorious, wonderful way of God to allow there to be freedom in this world so we can love and to redeem when there's destruction because people go astray. It's a perfect world. So love your Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. And follow the breadcrumbs. You'll find yourself living a life of joy and purpose and meaning that you never could have dreamed was possible. Let's have the, the worship band come back up. And let's stand together. I see it's a... Been a fun morning, but it's a little bit later than usual. Um, let's stand together. Just to kind of stay, change positions, wake, move the blood in your bodies that's gotten stagnant. Listen, if you are hearing me right now and you have never given your life into the hands of your Creator to take charge of your life, His name is Jesus. He came to this planet to, to fix it. He came and laid down his life right on schedule, right by design, was taken up on a Roman cross in a crucifixion by his decision, saying, if you will trust me, my death will be to you life. My death will be to you cleansing, but you have to put your faith in me. If you'll trust me, your life will change. You'll have meaning and purpose, and you'll live forever with the Lord. You won't be lost in eternity, lost in space, as it were. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day in the grave was raised from the dead supernaturally for our justification. When we put our faith in him, everything changes. And if you're here or listening to me and you've never put your faith in Jesus, 
Trust him with your life today. You don't need a lot of faith. You need just a little faith. And he'll say, I'll work with that. You can have lots of doubts, and it's okay. Just a little faith. God can work with that, and he'll grow it. So if you'd like to trust your life into Jesus' hands, just pray a prayer with me right now like this. Lord Jesus, I want to trust you now. I believe you came and died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead victorious. You've conquered sin. You've conquered death. You've conquered the grave. So I'm going to follow you. You're now my boss. I'm going to try to love you and love others. Please help me. From this day forward, my life is here. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.